Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually once again with our scorekeeper, Carter Zanke. How are you doing today, Carter? Well, I have a confession to make, and uh, this confession is that this is the first time I've been drinking tea during Trivia Over Tea, uh, and uh, it's okay. I'm coming to terms with myself, but we're getting there. <laughs> We're going to have to put you on probation, I think. Yeah, you have to do better in the future. But that's good. I'm glad you're drinking tea today. Well, let's meet this week's contestants. First, we have Brittany. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I'm joining from Southern California today. Uh, some of the things that I have been enjoying while at home uh, include baking, singing and making music, attempting to learn languages, and watching copious amounts of YouTube videos and Korean dramas. All good activities. Welcome, Brittany. <laughs> and we also have Matthew. Hi, friends. I'm Matthew, returning to Trivia Over Tea. Yes. Uh, coming, at, coming to you from Houston, Texas with my Earl Grey tea. Um, and I'm excited to... I'm a grad student at Catholic University of America. I'm a composer, lyricist, and I'm excited to be back to defend my title and procrastinate on my midterm. <laughs> you could be the very first person to win two Trivia Over Tea episodes. Don't jinx it now. This could if, be his, if he does that... Day. You'll have to invite him back again so he has the chance to become a TP champion. What? <laughs> oh boy. Anyway. Well, this is off to a great start. The Ken Jennings of trivia over tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, we don't have millions of dollars to give you um, like uh, Jeopardy did for Ken Jennings, but we can give you millions of tea bags, sort of. I'll, I'll settle for one per episode, which is, I'm assuming, what's going to. <laughs> to happen <laughs> yes but we've still got the entire show to go before we can crown you a winner so uh let's get right to it uh we'll have four rounds of questions each with a slightly different format um and so without further ado carter will explain the rules for round one well round one is our first general knowledge round so you'll get five multiple choice questions and each question will be worth 10 points if you get it right all righty Brittany, you are up first are you ready to go Okay, I suppose. <laughs> Question one. Which country produces the most tea annually? A, China, B, India, or C, Kenya? China? Correct. In 2013, China produced 1.150 million tons of tea, and that was to India's 986,000 tons of tea and Kenya's 345,000 tons of tea. Question two, which of these cities does not have one, over a million residents? A, San Francisco, B, San Jose, or C, San Antonio? And I should clarify that we're looking for the city, not the area. I'm probably going to go with San Jose, question mark? No, San Francisco does not have oh, over wow. a million residents. Yeah, sneaky That's small, but it's, it's, it's not that big of a geographic area. Everybody's all, mm -hmm. you know, scrunched in there. Right. Um, so the, the Bay Area, of course, is huge, um, but mm -hmm. San Francisco only has about 800,000 residents or so. Question Ooh. three, which of these events happened most recently? A, the Beatles released a studio album, B, the Polar Express was written, or C, the University of California at Santa Cruz was founded? Oh, uh, I, okay, I'm... 
Okay, hold on. So Santa Cruz. What was the second one again? The second one was the Polar Express was written. Polar Express. I feel like that came out when I was a kid. I'm also not sure about any of these. Wow. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with Santa Cruz was founded. No. Uh, okay. The Polar Express was written most recently. Okay, that um, makes sense. The book was written actually in 1985. The movie, the animated movie came out when we were kids in like 2003 uh, or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Beatles released their last studio, studio album in 1970 and uh, the University of California at Santa Cruz was founded in 1965. Oh, wow. Sorry, banana slugs. Totally missed that. Nope. Let, let me down the banana slugs. <laughs> Question four. In Dante's Inferno, what sin does the third circle of hell punish? A, gluttony, B, spending and hoarding, or C, selfishness? Gluttony? Correct. Oh, ah! <laughs> Spend, spending and hoarding is the fourth circle and selfishness is the seventh circle wow okay and, and finally question five the term defenestration literally means to what a remove all the ferns from a garden <laughs> b harvest fennel or c throw someone out the window c throw someone out the window an that excellent very useful correct. word yes <laughs> Um, the word finestra <laughs> is Latin for window. All righty, Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? Sure. Excellent. Question one. In 1949, the British government attempted to cultivate what legume in the Congwa region of Tanzania? A, peas, B, lentils, or C, peanuts? Um, I'm going to go with peanuts. Correct. The failure of the peanut cultivation cost the British government the equivalent of 72 million pounds in today's money. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. Question two. Which of the following is not a free reed instrument? A, the accordion, B, the bagpipes, or C, harmonica? Hmm. Okay, so free reed, I assume it's sort of like aerophone, like air blowing over it. Um, so... I would have to say, because, well, bagpipes do have, I guess, I don't know if it's a reed or, you know what, I'm going to go with bagpipes. <laughs> that is correct. They're either a single or double reed instrument. And mm. apparently the accordion um, has some sort of similar reed situation to the harmonica, where you have a, an, a hole for each pitch. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, my brother wrote that question, so I'm. This is not my area of expertise in music, um, so yeah. So you'll just have to trust him on that one. Question three, but good job, you got it right. Question. I, three. I, tr I trust your brother. <laughs> it's gonna. It's great. Question three: How many miles of interstate highways does Texas have? A. One thousand five hundred and one point one five miles. B. Two thousand five hundred and one point one five miles. Or C. 3,501.15 miles. Just interstate highway, yes? Just interstate highways. Okay. So 10 alone, that's like, 10 alone I think is probably over 1,000. So, or at least close to it. So I'm, I would guess if you add in like 45 and I think B, 2,000, whatever it was. <laughs> no, it's C, 3,501.15 mm. miles. 
I-10 runs for um, 880 miles from the Louisiana border mm. to the New Mexico border. Um, and uh, when you have 45, you have 30, you have 20, you have um, 35, um, 37 is the one that goes to Corpus Christi, 27, I-40. Uh, yeah, there, there's just a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. um, plus all of the auxiliary routes in and around Dallas and, and Austin and San Antonio and Houston, um, it adds up. So, and yeah. not surprisingly, that's the highest um, number of miles of any state. California is second with 2,457.34 miles. So they're, they're way, way, way back. Question four, which of the following teas literally translates to black dragon tea? A, oolong, B, gongfu, or C, baozhong? I'm going to go with, with B. No, this is oolong. Uh, oolong is especially oh. popular in southern China and among Chinese expatriates in Southeast Asia. Gongfu is actually a type of uh, Chinese tea ceremony, not a, not a type of tea. Oh. Um, and then baozhong is a different type of tea. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, and then question five. In ancient Rome, leaders would sometimes leave important decisions up to which animals? A, goats. B, pigs, or C, chickens? I mean, it's excellent no matter what answer. <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, I, TBH, I would, if I had to leave this up to an animal, it would be a goat. So I'm going to go with goats. <laughs> it was actually chickens. Um, apparently, ah! um, there were certain generations of ancient Romans who, who thought chickens were sacred. And um, apparently, what they would do is after dictating a possible plan or action to the chickens, they would give the chickens grain and observe how voraciously they ate the grain. And so if they were like really pecking away, then they'd know that's a good idea. But if they like didn't eat or drink, then they knew that the plan was garbage. So, wow. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, really Excellent. Makes you think, yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, that's the end of round one. Uh, Carter, can you please give us a score update? We have Brittany at 30, but maybe 35 for that pun, and then uh, Matthew at 20. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for our weekly audience question. If you'll remember, last week's question was, who was the first U.S. president born in the 1800s? And the answer is Millard Fillmore, our 13th president. That's a little bit of a deep cut. But he was the first U.S. president born in the 1800s because he was born on January 7th, 1800. So just in under the bar. Alrighty. This week's question is as follows. March 31st is known as Thomas Mundy Peterson Day in what state? Commemorating the anniversary of Thomas Mundy Peterson becoming the first African American in the United States to cast a vote following the passage of the 15th Amendment in 1870 in this state's city of Perth Amboy. So we're looking for the state in which this occurred. So put your thinking caps on, send me your answers, and I'll announce the answer next week. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, round two is when the stakes get a little bit higher. And you'll each get five questions that are open-ended on the same topic. Uh, the points here are, are 20 points each. And so if you get them wrong, your opponent can answer for half that or 10 points. All righty, Brittany, you are up first. Your topic, 
um, is Cesar Chavez um, because okay. his birthday was March 31st, which is the, day, the date that this podcast is being released. Question one, even though he largely worked in California, Chavez was born in the city of Yuma in what other Southwest state? Oh dear. Uh, Southwest states, uh, New Mexico. No, that's incorrect. Okay. <laughs> Matthew? Arizona. Correct. Yuma, Arizona. <laughs> Question two. Chavez's family lost their farm in what global economic disaster of the early 1930s? Wow, this is this is very this is embarrassing. <laughs> um, the depression. <laughs> yes, that's correct. The the Great Depression. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question three: um, Chavez was a labor leader who advocated for workers in what industry? Farm workers. Correct. Agriculture farm workers. Question four. Even though most hourly workers were given collective bargaining rights, agricultural workers were implicitly excluded from what program of federal legislation meant to recover the nation's economy after the Great Depression? Unemployment benefits? Question mark. No. Matthew? Okay. I'm going to cast a wide net and say the New Deal. Correct. And finally, question five. He worked closely with what two-term California governor to ensure the passing of the California Agricultural Labor Relations Act of 1975, who would later serve two additional terms as governor nearly 30 years later after the completion of his first administration? Uh, this is not, this is not so great. I probably know two California governors, so I'm going to Throw a dart and say Schwarzenegger. No, Matthew. Okay. That was my guess. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, you think? I, yeah, this is very bad. Uh, <laughs> can I have um, a follow-up after? Yes, you can have a follow-up after, Matthew. Um, yeah, I don't know. Reagan was never governor, was he? <laughs> he was governor, but... He was governor. Actually, I think he was the immediate predecessor to this guy in the oh in the early seventies. I think, but he was governor of California. Oh, okay. But that's not the answer. If oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that, that was going to be my was answer. That your, was that your? <laughs> that guess? was my okay. answer. Yeah. No, that's that's not correct. Brittany, did you want to? Okay, so this is again. I I know two. So the other one was Gavin Newsom, who is currently. No, I'm pretty sure Gavin okay. Newsom was like five years old in 1975. <laughs> no, this is this is Gavin Newsom's predecessor, Jerry Brown. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he served a total of 16 years as California's governor, um, from 1975 to 83, and then again from 2011 to 2019. Cool. Alrighty, Matthew, your topic is Franz Joseph Haydn, because his <laughs> birthday was March 31st as well. Though he was born a little bit before Cesar Chavez, um, Haydn was born in 1732. So question one, Haydn was one of the most important composers of what musical period? The classic period. Correct. Classical, classical whatever you yes. want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> question two, for most of his career, Haydn worked under the patronage of what family? Um, the Esterhazy, Correct. how do you pronounce it? Correct, okay. yes. 
Question 3. Haydn's music is known for its humor, including Symphony No. 94 in G major, nicknamed what? The Surprise Symphony? Correct. Yes. Da, Question 4. Da, 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 da. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was I was hoping that you'd get that right so I wouldn't have to sing it on the, on the <laughs> podcast. So if you're interested, go look up Haydn's Symphony Number no. 94 in G Major on YouTube. Uh, question four: Haydn's most famous oratorio is this work, scored for chorus and bass, tenor, and soprano soloists, which dramatizes much of Genesis chapter one. The creation. Correct. And finally, question five: Haydn is the older brother of what other classical era composer? Is that Michael Haydn? Yes, it is Michael Haydn. Okay. Yeah. Little Phew. little known classical era composer. All righty. Well, that's the end of round two. Carter, can you please give us a score update? Matthew's on a bit of a streak with racking up 120 points that round. Uh, wow. That puts him at 140 to Brittany's 70. <laughs> All right. Go, Matthew. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for round three. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes. Round three is like round two, but now the questions are worth 30 points. And if you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for 15 points. All righty. Brittany, are you ready for your five questions? Yes. Are you pouring yourself more tea? Is I it... am pouring myself more tea. I didn't mention, but I have long jing cha today. So it's green tea and I'm happy. Excellent. Very good. Question one, which U.S. president who had previously commanded the Allied forces in Europe in World War II, was in office when the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956 was passed, which authorized the construction of the interstate highway system. This is also going to be very, very questionable. Very, very questionable, because I don't really know. Would this president's last name reside somewhere in the second half of the alphabet? <laughs> <laughs> Um, in fact, it does not, no. Oh, that's helpful, but not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh... Oh, goodness. I really don't know. Presidents and both of my candidate choices were in the second half of the alphabet. So we're going to go with, I don't even know what to like try to attempt because i don't my my mind is like presidentless right well, now the, this is the, not the command of the allied forces in europe was supposed to be the big hint <laughs> oh goodness uh okay this is this is this is not very good at all uh oh gosh i don't even know what the first half of the alphabet is this is <laughs> we're not thriving today <laughs> <laughs> you got it for Tatney. Oh my goodness, thank you, Matthew. Uh, JFK question mark. No. Okay. Uh, Matthew. Uh, is that Eisenhower? Dwight Eisenhower. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Question two. Neurogenesis or the creation of new neurons occurs in which region of the brain? Oh no. <laughs> this is not very good. I am questioning everything I know and the fact that I majored in cognitive science. <laughs> Sorry, cognitive science. Oh my gosh. That may have been the reason why I included this question. So I hope oh that gosh. you might know it. 
I appreciate that very kind thought. Um, unfortunately, it was misplaced confidence and trust. I will, uh, I will venture a guess of the cerebellum. No, <laughs> Matthew. Okay, that's so funny because the cerebellum was also my guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if not, then I'm just gonna have to go with the good old prefrontal cortex. <laughs> No, this is the hippocampus. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Question three. The Badlands National Park is located in what state? Oh, dear goodness. The, the, the first thought that came to mind was a Dakota, but I could very well be incredibly mistaken, as I seem to be very consistently. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will venture a guess and say South Dakota. Correct. Oh, hey! Oh! Yes! Good job out of you, Brittany. <laughs> it's located right off I-94. Not, sorry, not, not 94. I-90 in uh, South Dakota. 94 goes through North Dakota. I knew that. Question four. The only seat in the U.S. House of Representatives not up for re-election in 2022 is the non-voting resident commissioner who was elected on a four-year term to represent what Caribbean island territory? Oh, goodness. Uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands? No. no. Matthew? Okay. Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico. Ah. And I didn't, I didn't know that apparently the resident commissioner of Puerto Rico serves a four-year term. My brother was the one who wrote that question, so... We're, gonna, we're just going to trust done. him that that's correct. Uh, and finally, question five. The brain is synchronized with and pulses like what muscular organ? The brain pulses like what muscular organ? Oh, the, 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 the most prevalent muscular organ that comes to mind would be the heart because it does not, does not require active conscious thought. Thank goodness for that because, okay, anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. Well, that's correct. It yeah! is the heart. Okay. So, so good job. <laughs> Yeah, okay, pulsing organ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a little diagram on whatever website I got this from. I don't remember what the website was, but little brain <laughs> pulses apparently. All righty. Um, so um, normally in round three, of course, we give general knowledge questions like I just gave to Brittany. Um, but of course, I know what you're thinking. Um, how can we go? Um, through a whole March 31st podcast and not honor the life and legacy of one Johann Sebastian Bach, who was also born on March 31st. And so because it is my show and I can do whatever I want, um, <laughs> Matthew, your next five questions will all be about um, the life and works of Johann Sebastian Bach. Are you ready? Oh, boy. <laughs> Senior colloquium, don't fail me now. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, question one. Bach wrote what famous dramatic organ piece whose unmistakable introduction is often associated with Halloween while he was working at the Blasiuskirche in Mühlhausen. The uh, Toccata in D. Uh, yeah, can you be a little bit more specific? Uh... <laughs> Toccata and... Toccata and Fugue in D? Yeah, D, yeah. D minor? And D minor, yes, there you go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Toccata and Fugue yeah, in D minor. Toccata and Fugue in D minor. <laughs> yes, good job. Uh, question two. Also in Mühlhausen, 
Gott ist mein König, which in 1708 became the first of his works to be published, is an early example of what type of choral composition of which Bach wrote over 200. A cantata! Correct. <laughs> Question 3. In Weimar, Bach composed what group of 45 organ preludes which cover most major dates of the, the Christian liturgical year? This one. Hmm. Um, oh. 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 It's the, the, oh gosh, the, it'll come to me at some point, but we don't have time for that. So I'm just going to pass. <laughs> okay. Brittany, do you, do you know? The, the calendar series. No, this is okay. called the Orgobuschlein or the little organ book. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which yep. I play from all the time. Question four. Following early appointments in Arnstadt and Mühlhausen, Bach's most prolific composing came while employed in Weimar, Leipzig, and what other German city? You said Weimar and Leipzig. What were the other two that you said? <laughs> um, his early appointments were Arnstadt and Mühlhausen. Okay, so then that leaves Munich? No. No? Brittany? Oh, dear. Uh, this, the, the, the pass. This is, uh, this city is Kürten. K-O with umlaut, T-H-E-N. Ah, vaguely yeah. familiar. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 familiar. Was bit, that was a bit of a deep cut. That was a bit of a deep cut. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. That's yeah. great. <laughs> and finally, question five. While in Leipzig, Bach composed the secular cantata Schweigt stille, plaudert nicht, Be Still, Stop Chattering, which tells a story <laughs> of an addiction to what beverage? Coffee, the coffee can talk. Correct. <laughs> I didn't know that this existed. I'm glad you do. I didn't know that this existed until this week. Oh, um, it's but, so fun. It's but, so fun. <laughs> apparently Bach loved coffee, um, but a lot of people were wary of it in the 18th century. And so in this cantata, Bach tells the story of this young woman who drinks like three cups of coffee a day. And her father is like, you should stop drinking coffee. And he tries to threaten her with all sorts of things. Um, and, you know, she wins out. And the moral of the story is that you can drink however much coffee you want. Um, and uh, Bach was poking fun at the new local laws in Leipzig, limiting coffee house hours, among other things. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the lines in the cantata that I really enjoy is, Father, don't be so hard. If three times a day I can't drink my little cup of coffee, then I would become so upset that I would be like a dried up piece of roast goat, wouldn't we all? Except, except with tea. With tea. That is me with my, tea, though. Yikes. Yeah, with, if I don't have my <laughs> cup of tea or my many cups of tea every day, I will turn into a piece of dried up roast goat. Alrighty, that's the end of round three. Carter, can you please give us a score update? Well, we have Matthew continuing to strengthen their lead with 260 total points, and Brittany is still in the race with 130. It's time for round four. So Carter, can you please explain the rules? Well, round four is our showdown where really anything can happen. Each question here is worth 40 points and there are three of them. So you can make up to a total of 120 points. We're gonna ask you to write down your answers to these questions and reveal them about the same time. All righty. Are you guys ready? Yes. yes, indeed. Question one, who was the first US president to take the oath of office in Washington, DC? Do we have answers? Yes. <laughs> Brittany, what is we have your guesses. answer? Okay. We have guesses. <laughs> 
Taft. Okay. You, you, you can you can say your, your guess. Oh, aloud. okay, sure. My guess was Taft, question mark, question mark, question mark. The question okay. marks are necessary. Yes. Matthew? <laughs> My guess was Jefferson because Virginia plan. <laughs> Virginia, just man loves Virginia. <laughs> it is Thomas Jefferson. George Washington took the his first oath of office in New York in 1789, and then the capital moved to Philadelphia. And so he took his uh, second oath in 1793 in Philadelphia. And then in 1797, when John Adams was inaugurated, they were still building Washington, DC. And so Adams took his oath in, in uh, Philadelphia as well. And then he and Dolly, not Dolly Madison, gosh darn, he and Abigail Adams moved down to Washington to DC in 1800. And so then when Jefferson became president in 1801, he took the oath there in the District of Columbia. Question. Two, stretching 2,653 miles through Washington, Oregon, and California, what hiking trail is considered to be the West Coast's counterpart to the Appalachian Trail and is a part of the triple crown of hiking in the United States? Do we have answers? Guesses? Guesses, yes. Brittany, what is your guess? I said Pacific Coast Trail. <laughs> Matthew? I just said the Everglades. Brittany, you were close. It's the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, man. Okay. Um, and finally, question three. Billund, Denmark, has the second busiest airport in the country, only behind Copenhagen. A large reason why Billund's airport is so busy is because the town is the headquarters of what multinational toy company? Okay, Brittany, do you have a guess? I have a guess indeed. <laughs> what, what is your guess? Uh, I said Hasbro. Matthew? I went with Lego. It's Lego. Oh, poops. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the end of the game. Uh, Carter, what's the final score? We have a record setting game in more than one way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Matthew has simultaneously become the first person to win two trivia overtees and to have the highest total score dethroning Phoebe's 290 points with 340 total points. Wow. Ooh. Zooming. Into and Brittany has 130 points. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did I score lowest? Did I break any records? No. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll look at it and let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> lowest record tbd uh matthew well congratulations uh you've Yay! won again uh, is there anything that you would like to say um i'd like to thank my earl gray for sustaining me <laughs> through my Always. day and um my music history curriculum at both pomona <laughs> and cua for taking me through the Haydn and bach rounds <laughs> i should have made the Haydn questions a little bit more difficult i wasn't sure how much you knew about Haydn. I mean, I got a decent, I did like a big, like deep dive with like the, um, the, the big, the like, grout Burkholder, the uh, history oh, of Western yeah. music this summer. Oh yeah. That's where I got like most of my Haydn facts. <laughs> they were hiding there. Uh, hiding behind me uh, all along. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well. That's our show for this week, folks. Uh, thank you, Brittany and Matthew, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music and contributing some questions. And thank you for listening. 
please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. And check out our website, triviaovertea.podbean.com. Like us on the Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Trivia Over Tea. Feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Thank you.